Hey guys, welcome to another episode of Superstack Sunday uh, with me, your host Nate, your friendly neighborhood nerd, and this week we're going to be talking about Batman White Knight. So, like I said, if you followed uh, Superstack Sunday um, back on our Instagram, then you may have remembered um, back when we f- I first started uh, blogging or writing about books, we took a look at Batman Curse of the White Knight, which is the sequel to the book that we're talking about today, um, Batman White Knight, which is a DC black label. Um, the series all around was about, I believe, eight issues. Um, and the basic premise of it is what really caught my attention when I when the book first started coming out. Um, it basically talks... The whole idea of it is... Um, the it's set in a world where the Joker is cured of his insanity and homicidal uh, homicidal tendencies. The Joker, now known as Jack, sets about trying to right his wrongs. Um, first, he plans to reconcile with Harley Quinn, and then he'll try and save the city from one from the one person who he thinks is truly Gotham City's greatest villain, which is Batman. Um, this both these series uh, were written and illustrated by uh, Sean Murphy with the with Matt. Probably going to pronounce his last name wrong. Matt Hollingsworth um, as the colorist. So. Off the bat, both these series I would recommend without a doubt. Um, the idea alone that Joker basically goes up against the Batman in this new way that we've never really seen before um, was really interesting to me. The art by itself is just great. It's so unique, and if you guys haven't uh, learn this about me about about now. I'm a sucker for art that really like stands out and uh, really uh, is unique and different. Um, I have not completely finished reading the uh, sequel, being Curse of the White Knight. I've just actually purchased my last couple of issues not that long ago. Um, I finally like finally was able to go and do that. But the series in the beginning was a unique twist. Um, it really does a good job of doing things that I feel like in some ways would have been difficult if this was a book set in the current canon. One of those things being making Batman look like the villain. Um, They really portray this really well. And it's not that like he's going out doing things that Batman wouldn't normally do in any situation. It's just they really kind of showed the dark side of him in a way that they haven't before and one of in like one of the first couple books joker is doing his thing he's wreaking havoc and he's in some kind of like factory or warehouse where they make and store uh medicine to like treat people with like um uh, dual personality disorder and um just like prescription medicines and things like that and it gets to it seemed like joker was either was trying to like uh sabotage this medicine in some way with his like joker toxin or some kind of like other form of poison um but again batman came to the rescue um 
doing what Batman is kind of like expected when it comes to dealing with the Joker. He's kind of being overly aggressive. Um, actually, not kind of. He's definitely being <laughs> overly aggressive when it comes to the Joker. And it gets to the point where even with the GCPD there uh, with the Batman to help him take down the Joker, um, nothing really seems to kind of calm him down. Nothing seems to... Um, no one is brave or bold enough to try and um, pull him away off the from the Joker, even to the point where he's forcing these pills down Joker's throat to the point where it seems to cause him to overdose and he's left kind of foaming at the mouth and is rushed off to the hospital. Um, it's shortly after that that supposedly that overdose of medicine was capable of making Joker sane again. So no more with the white skin tone, no more with the green hair. He looks like an actual stable functioning human being. Um, and again, the first thing he does when like released after proving his sanity is he tries to reconcile things with Harley Quinn, which again is super interesting. Um, this version of Harley to me, I kind of liked a little bit more. Um, even though like now in like today's like media, they've really pulled them kind of, they've really pulled Harley and Joker apart, which I've does, which I definitely enjoy. Um, not to get on like a side tangent, but like the shows, the books strictly just about Harley Quinn kind of doing her own thing and figuring herself out away from the Joker. It's great, great stuff. I, I enjoy all those stories, um, as well, but in this version, it's kind of hard to say. They didn't really do that. They didn't really like give. They didn't really pull. They they definitely pulled Harley back, but not in the way that where she's fully kind of on her own. There's definitely this like love for uh, Joker there, but with J this Jack Napier person who is supposedly Joker's like new like official name like in this canon and lore, um, it's hard to tell what's kind of going on because this version of Harley is very sympathetic. She's very understanding and is seems to be like more on board with him in, in now that he's healthy than she was when he was insane. It kind of makes, they, they kind of give you the assumption that like Harley was only kind of following along with it to make sure he didn't get hurt because he did love her. Like he, or sorry, she did fall in love with him in like the beginning when they first met and everything. And it wasn't so much that she wanted to follow him because she was like mentally um, fascinated by him, which like she was, but it wasn't like he, she, she didn't become insane because of him. She just started following him because she cared for Joker so much that she didn't want him to, 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 to become hurt. Um, and they do end up building, Jack and Harley do end up building this really, like, legit relationship with one another um, where there's love and uh, respect and come the exact opposite of what, like, you would imagine Joker and Harley's relationship to be. But the real interesting part beyond that is how he goes about dealing with the Batman. Jack Napier, and this is a big spoiler, I still rec recommend reading it. Jack Napier succeeds in basically suing Batman, like literally coming up with reasons, examples as to why Batman should no longer be a thing or should no longer be prominent in Gotham City, that he is the true villain, that he causes more damage 
or more problems that he fixes, um, which has kind of always been a debate in comic book lore, period. The, uh, this idea that um, heroes create their own villains. And from a writer's standpoint, that's always been really interesting because from what I've always been told when it came to creating villains, villains are the mirrors to the heroes. These are the characters that in that do the things that our heroes wish they could do or are unable to do. So like when it comes to Joker and um, Batman, they're a mirror in each other of the idea of they're both brilliant in their own way. You know, if Batman were to um, just change his beliefs in just the littlest ways, he could have easily become a character just as dangerous or already is as dangerous as somebody like the Joker. Um, there's other characters like that too. Like I remember hearing or reading somewhere that like uh, Penguin rep represents the like wealth of Batman. Um, in most Batman stories, a lot of older ones too. Um, Joker's oh, not Joker, sorry. Penguin's always been seen to be as like wealthy, kind of very similar of high like standings. In society, just like Batman slash Bruce Wayne, and does have these like resources where he can like uh, hire the people or do the things that he needs to do. Very similar to Batman. Um, Two Face was another really good one where it's like um, Two Face is the idea that Batman struggles with this dual identity, which isn't too hard to believe at all. Um, this simple fact that there's Batman and there's Bruce Wayne that are two different people, but they share the same body. And what, what would it be like if these two um, separate people clash? And that's kind of like a physical representation of like what Two-Face is, you know? These two sides that don't go together, but are kind of forced to be uh, stuck together. But moving on from that, yeah, they make, they truly make Batman be be seen as this villain um in the city that he causes more damage than he actually like fixes um and he somehow manages to pull pull it off like easily almost um even to the point where to the point where how do i explain this even the people who have trusted him and been with him and know him the longest kind of start to go against him. Uh, Nightwing and Barbara Gordon, Batgirl, end up joining the GCPD, not as Dick Grayson and Barbara Gordon, but as their like superhero alter, alter ego. They do become fully functioning members of the police um, to go against Batman because, yeah, they kind of agree. They've seen it. They know. They've experienced it with him. You know, they watch this hatred. Uh, grow in Batman um, over the years, and there's only so much that there's only so much that you can do to help a person that doesn't want to be helped. At the end of the day, um, so they just kind of like had to go off and do their own thing. And there's even like a small uh, attempt of like a raid on Batman himself with the help of Batman and or sorry, um, Nightwing and Batgirl. There's like this really interesting chase scene too, where in a way, Nightwing and Batgirl give the police the advantage because they, they know all his tricks. They know all his secrets. Um, ultimately, though, this is just a really, really good book to read, and I'd highly recommend it. Uh, going through the uh, sequel, 
uh, Curse of the White Knight. It's really good too. It does touch, obviously, it does touch back on Harley Quinn, um, Jack, and kind of like what happens to him because at at the end, something I'm not gonna spoil it 100. Something does happen, um, or situations do occur where Jack has to revert back to uh, becoming the Joker um, to help uh the city or like do something like he and unfortunately there was no way of like turning back at least not as easily as taking a couple pills which is what was really keeping joker at bay was like this handful of like pres- prescription meds that were like really kind of keeping him uh chill and it it it's actually this really interesting sad moment where um jack and harley kind of have to say goodbye to each other um after they've grown really close and this love has like built up and everything, this really sad moment where they have to um, separate and Jack almost sacrifices himself and kind of becomes the hero that is needed at the moment um, by becoming the Joker once again in this very specific situation that I don't want to get into a whole lot of detail because you guys should definitely read it. It's a, it's a great book. And then moving into, like I said, Curse of the White Knight, we kind of follow back into that and so what happened with Jack and Joker. Um, if if there's a potential possibility of getting Jack back, um, how has the city kind of like adapted to Batman? What's Batman's role? Um, I think the really interesting part of Curse of the White Knight for sure is the relationship and how it's the how the relationship has changed between Batman and Commissioner Gordon, who's still um, obviously in his power. Although later he does end up um, resigning and uh, becoming mm, no longer becoming part of the problem, um, or trying to help find the solution, he just has to kind of pull himself out of the equation at that moment. Um, but I, you almost you you feel bad for Commissioner Gordon too because we, uh, you want to believe that this person uh, has been doing the right things all all this time. You want to you want to put your blind faith in Batman, but now it's being questioned, and now he's kind of put in Commissioner Gordon's kind of stuck in the middle of defending somebody that he highly respects and considers a friend, and. Um, being and his position as commissioner which is to go out and hunt this person for doing the things that he does that were wrong because at the end of the day it's kind of true batman does kind of get away with a lot of stuff that um maybe or not some would argue not as bad as some of the villains but they do let a lot of stuff slide there are a lot of things that um batman gets away with and it's not fair that he doesn't have to be there to answer um for the things that he's done so all in all that's the book that we're covering today batman white knight and touched on a little bit batman curse of the white knight i definitely recommend these books again they are written and illustrated by sean murphy uh with matt hollingsworth as the colorist um you can find them at your local i'm sure you can find them at your local comic book store or if there's not a local comic book store closest to you there's always potential uh the ability to buy it digitally um and in times like this it's always good to support um your comic book store if you can i know times are hard um but it's good to find things that make make uh living now a little bit easier you know it the simple pleasures is how i like to say it so um hope everyone's doing good hope everyone's safe hope everyone's uh 
protecting themselves and others. Um, thank you guys for listening. And we will, as always, we will be back with another episode. Uh, thanks. Have a good day, guys.